before you start listening to this podcast, I need to let you know that we recorded this introduction really late at night and Annabelle seemed to have some sort of malfunction. So do bear with us as we try to get through the intro. Hello, thank you for joining us. Uh, This is episode 21. We're on series two now of the At Least You Didn't podcast sponsored by Lixia Drinks. I'm Caroline Verdon. I'm Annabelle. (laughs) She's Annabelle Buckland because she's lost it. She can't go on. Um, There's nothing even funny about this podcast at all. That is what so many people have said. There's nothing even funny about it. Um, This podcast is basically just stories of those terribly embarrassing things that happen to everyone, but that usually what you do because your brain is a good brain is you repress them and you never think about them again, let alone tell another living soul. However, our brains are rubbish. I don't know what's wrong with her. It's lost her mind. If you're enjoying this podcast and you've... <laughs> I'm just going to do the next bit because I think it might be quicker. I'm cover- no, no, Caroline, I'm doing it. If you're enjoying this podcast and you've made it this far, we would love it if you would go and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast so that you never, ever miss some of this comedy gold. <laughs> She's at, you do the rest. It's, she's just unbelievable. Uh, the way our podcast works is that we constantly text each other stories of the stupid things that we found ourselves doing. And then we get together, we click record and we tell each other those stories. Then the favourite ones make it onto this podcast. On this week's episode, at least you didn't get caught out on a school performance. Regret getting a coffee before your lecture. End up naked in the hotel lobby. Or get asked to leave a press conference. Oh, we made it. At least you didn't. Have a crush on Mick Hucknall. Carpet burn your lady bits. At least you didn't show the coppers your tits. It could be worse. At least you didn't get caught out on a school performance. So I played the flute when I was in secondary school. And... Mm -hmm. I was the only person when I stayed on for sixth form to take A-level music. The Mm -hmm. only person. It was me and a one-to-one with my music teacher, Mr. Dobbing. And (laughs) Mr. Dobbing, unfortunately, thought I was a lot better than I was. Now, I was in the school orchestra, but I really wasn't very good. And there was a girl called Charlotte who I played with, and she was way better than me. However, he gave me the flute solo. And I cannot remember the name of the piece, but let me tell you, it was tricky. There was a lot of breath work involved, Annabelle. There was a lot of difficult fingering involved. Um, It was was really tricky. Really, really tricky. And I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. And I got to the point that I could play it slowly. But unfortunately, it was a really fast piece. Um, Right. And Charlotte helped me because she was lovely. She could play it. She just basically looked at it, played it straight off. But she helped me. And then it got to the performance and she looked at me and she was like, you've got this. You've done all the hard work. This is your moment to shine. What a lovely mentor. I mean, what a lovely mentor. Two years younger than me and uh, lovely. (laughs) So there we are. It's like a 40-piece school orchestra and it's a big orchestral performance and the school hall is rammed full 
of parents who don't really want to be there. Um, there are like two, three hundred people there. Even the school balcony has had to be opened. So the balcony is also full of people. And I am up there on the stage and it comes to this piece. And Mr. Dobbing said to me, look, when it comes to your solo, do you want to stand up to play it? And I said, absolutely not. I want to sit down and be as inconspicuous as possible. And he was like, okay, but, you know, I'll put you at the front. I was like, oh, God. So there I am on the big night, front and centre, in my school uniform, with my freshly polished flute, and I'm feeling quite nervous. And we start playing this song, and the closer we get to my solo, the more I already know that that solo is absolutely not happening. Mm-hmm. And my mouth went dry and my lips went dry and there was no breath in me. <laughs> and I didn't really know what to do at this point. I knew I wasn't going to be able to play this piece, but we are but seconds away. And I thought, whatever you do, Caroline, just do it confidently. Oh, my God. So I mimed. I mimed <laughs> a four and a half minute flute solo. <laughs> just me. Under a spotlight, front and centre, just wiggling my fingers. It wasn't even that you got someone else to play. No. You didn't get Charlotte to play it for it's you. too late. Pretend. You too just late. thought everyone else will just assume that girl hasn't plugged her flute yeah. in. Yeah. And Charlotte, <laughs> bless her, is looking at me and she's pointing to the music in case it's that I don't know where I am, in case that's going to help me. And I'm like, I know exactly where we are. I just can't do it. And the worst part of it was we'd practiced the finale piece over and over again. And in the finale piece, there was a section where I was meant to stand up and take a bow and everyone would clap me for my brilliant flute solo. Still did it. (laughs) Still did it. You take that glory, girl. You turned up. You showed up. I tried. You take that bow. (laughs) Worst flute It's the turning up with a flute that counts. Exactly. The thing is, no one ever mentioned it. Like, not my parents. No one. No one. Not Charlotte, not the head teacher, not Mr. Dobbing. So, you know, got away with that. I can't believe that. Nailed it. Did you get away with it or did nobody want to embarrass you any more than you already should have been? At least you didn't regret getting a coffee before a lecture right so at uni I was a bit of a goody two-shoes so right I didn't I didn't absolutely love uni I wasn't there for the partying experience I was fully there to get my degree and get the heck out of there so yeah I was generally very kind of I did everything by the book but this one morning I was so tired so I used to commute from Oxford to East London three days a week wow. for nine o'clock lectures. So that meant leaving home at like 4am. So I was so tired and I just thought, I just really want a coffee. And I was so not the type of person to n- knowingly turn up late. I'm late all the time, but always by accident. And this time I knew I was going to be late and I shouldn't be going to get a coffee before my lecture. But I just thought, sod it. I deserve it. Everyone turns up late all the time. I'm just going to do it. So I went to get this coffee and it was back in the day where I was 
like really obsessed with the fancy coffees that have got all of the swirly goo in them and then they're topped with cream and they come in one of those extra like plastic cup things with a straw and you feel really I felt really fancy when I had them and I thought that's what I'm going to have that's what I deserve and I went to my lecture and there was a sign on the door saying um, room moved people in this course go to this room so I was already late and then I had to go and find this other new room and I was really flustered and I got my laptop and my bag and I got into this room and it was about a quarter of the size of our normal lecture room and there was only one chair left in the entire room. So I had to clamber over about five other seats to get to this seat right at the front of the room. And they were those little tables. I don't know if you've ever used these where they're, they, they're chairs and they've got a table attached to them. And it's like oh, a little swing, yeah. swingy table. So the table yeah. kind of shoots out of the front leg, basically, and it swivels yeah. around and you can move it to get in and out. But this particular swivelly table was stuck in its position. So because of the positioning of it, I had to climb over oh, the God. table to be able to sit down. So I'd got all of my bags and I chucked one of them down. But I still had my laptop under my arm yeah, and my coffee in my other hand. And I had to, with my left leg, oh, God. Hoik, hoik it over the table and then I was sitting down so I had my laptop under one arm my coffee in in my hand I put my laptop down on the tabletop but at this point I'm now straddling a swivel table and it's not comfortable (laughs) and it looks weird so I know that sooner rather than later I've got to hoik my right leg over so I'm sitting in the chair like a normal human being so I hoik my leg up, but the chairs aren't that big, Caroline. The chairs are not oh, big no. chairs. And oh, I no. feel it happening what you've in slow done. motion. And as I brought my right leg over, I completely lost balance. Oh, went no. off. I went off the other side. <laughs> I landed. I landed semi in the lap of the guy next to me and this is on this course I don't have any friends on this course I don't know anybody I don't make the time to hang around and chat after lectures I get in and I get out I have no friends this person next to me is a complete stranger and I have just toppled in slow motion off of my chair and into his lap all the while holding my coffee up in the air and I landed with my left palm on the floor my head nestled in the crotch of this stranger next to me and my my right arm straight up in the air protecting my coffee i mean i'm sort of impressed with the skill there like that's olympic gymnastics it was so bad and in my head it happened in slow motion but it absolutely didn't in real life as i just toppled off this chair and basically <sighs> assault the person next to me but you had some new friends after that <laughs> beverage break why not i'm parched this podcast now has an official sponsor we are now sponsored oh yeah by lixia drinks and they make the most incredible tonic waters they have less sugar fewer calories nothing artificial and they've been mixed by bartenders 
two bartenders called Matt and Jordan, to be precise. They really know their flavours. They've got all sorts. You've got your standards, but you've got your elderflower and lemon, rhubarb and ginger, blood orange and cinnamon. It's all in there and every single flavour has won an award. Head over to lixierdrinks.co.uk, but most importantly, Caroline... When you go to check out, type in the discount code ALYD15. At least you didn't. ALYD. See what we did there? 15. Get yourself 15% off some delicious tonic waters. Make yourself a cheeky cocktail or mocktail. You are welcome. On with the show? Run VT. So this is the part of the podcast where we like to get your stories. I think it's safe to say that today's story isn't one I ever expected to get. It is utterly, utterly brilliant. Now, this is Jane from Derry. And not only does Jane have the most beautiful accent, she tells this story (laughs) so well. And you can tell, you can tell, one, that she remembers it like it was yesterday and two, that it was one of the most traumatic experiences of her life. I'm very old school. I'm very old fashioned in, in, in my sense that I am what you would call a complete prude. <laughs> I mean, I am, not, I am genuinely serious. I am a complete prude. I mean, so much so that um, we live in the middle of nowhere uh-huh. and... My husband, I still find it embarrassing when he walks around naked. I really do. I'm like, you know. <laughs> Averting your eyes. <laughs> oh, I am. I am. And we've got a huge, big sort of um, window, our bedroom window that looks out over green fields. But I will oh, still creep. I will creep between rooms in case someone can see in the window. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I, this, is, this is so scary, right? And I think it stems from, I was thinking about it earlier on, I used to do a lot of, of swimming and being brought up um, as a Catholic, okay, and I used to do, I was apparently I was quite good at it. So I used to go to these swimming galas and I would be in the changing room and all these girls are walking around naked. Now I'm the one in the corner, you know, trying to put your, put your pants on, <laughs> take your pants off. And it, it was mortifying for me for anyone to see my boobs. So it, I'm, I'm just old. I'm old. I'm just old fashioned. So there was one particular time, probably about uh, 15 years ago, when I was in uh, New York with my husband, and we'd been doing quite a bit of traveling, and we were a bit sort of zoned out with time zones and everything. Um, so we check in, and it's an Irish hotel. So you go into the bar. Because, oh, I'm a bit wound up, you know. I need a drink just to help me sleep. So about five or six drinks later. Um, <laughs> You've met, you've, had, you've met half of New York Police Department, you know, whose cousins live in Derry or, you know, there's, there's always that affinity between, you know, anyone with an, an Irish name in America can tell you their whole family and they all lived in frigging Kerry and whatever. So <laughs> the fact was really good. So we decided, you know, let's be sensible. We have to go to bed. So we went to bed. We ended up staying. And I have to describe this building to you now. It's a lovely hotel, but it's almost like four townhouses that have been put together. Uh-huh. So it's like... Right. It, it's it's residential so the, the rooms were actually not like big hotels you don't have the long corridors you would have rooms almost facing each other or in corners like a you know a v upside down so there was only four four or five levels on this hotel and we were in the top level and i remember john and i we went when you know our room was i think room 426 i think yeah. and <laughs> good to know 
Yeah, we went to bed and um, I suddenly realized I was incredibly upset. And I had, I, you know, tears were running down my face. In your sleep? It is time. In my sleep. Okay. And I'm, you know, I'm frantic and I'm thinking, and I'm walking and I'm walking in my sleep and I'm walking up and down. And, you know, and then I wake up, Caroline, stark, friggin' naked in the corridor uh. outside the rooms. Right. Oh, By this pretty. No, I'm not joking. Like, for me, this is serious <laughs> stuff. I'm looking at the two rooms and I'm, 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 I'm distraught. I'm absolutely distraught. I'm looking at the room on the left. I'm thinking, I'm sure it's that room, but I'm not sure. And I'm thinking, how on earth do I knock a door in a hotel room? Stark naked, right? 32 double G breasts. <laughs> Can you imagine me knocking someone's room and saying, excuse me, you're not my husband. Can you let me in? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, what do you do? Right. It gets worse. So fortunately, it's a small corridor. And I look back and I think, you know, the way you do when you're panicking, you know, your heart is racing. I mean, your heart, I mean, you're literally, your heart's racing. You're thinking, right, get your head together. Think straight. So I look towards, the lift is on the right-hand side. And there's a little half-moon table, you know, with, as they do in little, you know, it's like an old war in Victoria, and all the little books, you know, sitting on the thing. So I strategically placed these books. You need an encyclopedia, <laughs> Jane. <laughs> but yeah, the trouble was, I needed one big book on one side and one small one on the other because they're not the Right. So I call the lift. The lift door is open. I look on the lift. A friggin' mirrored lift. <laughs> Not just a mirror at the back, just a mirror at the side. And I'm tucking myself into, you know where the, the buttons are? I'm tucking myself right in. And I'm thinking, sweet Jesus. So I press the ground floor, right? So I press the zero. Lift door opens, right? And there's a guy sitting behind a lovely sort of, Beautiful desk. He's suited and booted. He's a security guy, right? He's got the most beautiful blazer on, you know, the red tie, the white shirt. He sort of sees my face peeping around the <laughs> peeping around the thing. And not a word spoken between the two of us, right? He gets up and then he looks in the left. Now he doesn't look at me, but he looks at the reflection at the back of the left. <laughs> it, it, you didn't have a book face. on that, did you, Jane? <laughs> oh, oh, no, dear. You talk about somebody's face going white. It, it wasn't, I, I, he didn't find it attractive. He just did not find it attractive because within seconds, he had his jacket off and he literally threw, <laughs> threw it at me. So I was putting the jacket on and he suddenly disappeared. And I thought, okay, put the jacket on. And I thought, well, I better go back up. So by the time I got up to the, I think it was about the fourth or the fifth floor, by the time I got, I don't know, this guy must have taken the steps. At about five or ten steps. I mean, I bet he did as fast as he blooming could. <laughs> when the lifts opened, he was standing there and he just said, Mrs. Buckley, you're in room 426. And that was it. The following morning, when John did eventually wake up, I told him what happened. I'm not joking. I was distraught. I was just like so embarrassed. And what we realized was the lift is actually where our bathroom would have been at home. Thank God I didn't wee in the lift. Can you imagine if I didn't wee in the lift? <laughs> if it had to do a blazer and a mop. <laughs> 
if you have a story that you would like to just get off your chest, just get it out there, make yourself feel better, why not tell us about it? You can find us on any of the socials. Just search for At Least You Didn't. You'll effectively get some closure. It's cheaper than therapy. At Least You Didn't get asked to leave a press conference. Okay, so... I was working as a journalist at this point in time and I was still doing like early in the morning, I was doing breakfast news. So I had my afternoons off and I had two friends who had younger kids and I would often on those afternoons look after the younger kids like once or twice a week just to help them out. And also because playing Wendy houses and making potato mache things is fun. So Potato mache. <laughs> is that what I mean? What do I mean? Paper mache. Oh, paper mache. See, this is why I was never very good at it. Don't hire me to look after your children. Um, It's going to go terribly wrong. So um, one of the afternoons that I had been looking after my friend's daughter, it was a really rainy day. We had done everything I could possibly think of. We'd done like some arts and crafts stuff. We'd made a den. Uh, We'd done all the usual sort of, we'd watched a bit of telly, all the usual tick box things. And it was around this time that I had just got a brand new phone and do you remember back in the day when you got a new phone the first thing you did was listen to the ringtones and see which one you were going to choose yeah Yeah. so we were going through the ringtones and even though she was like three and a half she was helping me choose which ringtone was the best one and they had lots of or whatever's classic but then you also had things like ding dong and the sound of bells ringing in a church and dogs barking and the Mm. sound of like birds tweeting and things like that so we started going through the animal ones and we were playing a game where i would play it and she would tell me what animal it was so there'd be like a mooing one and she'd be like cow and i'd be like oh well done making out that this was some sort of educational toy anyway she'd been playing with my phone and i thought nothing more of it we had a, a lovely little day and all is fine with the world the following morning i go into work and i end up getting sent to this press conference at the police station and it has a chief of police or a big policey bigwig in it. Um, then there's also somebody from the RSPCA. And then there is a man who had recently lost his daughter. And the story was all about children being attacked by dogs. And so it was that their police were there from a police perspective. The RSPCA were there talking about how to train dogs and all the rest of it. And then the man was there talking about this terrible, terrible circumstances in which his three-year-old daughter died after getting mauled by a dog. It was very serious. It was really hard hitting. His conversations about his daughter and what he'd lost and what he'd missed out on and, you know, how life had completely changed for him. Like it was heartbreaking. Mm. And midway through the heartbreaking situation... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't yeah. Me. My phone goes... Ruff, 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 oh, no! Ruff, 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 ruff. <sighs> Because I've forgotten to put it on silent and had also totally forgotten we were playing with animal noises the day before. Oh, my God. To make it worse, I obviously didn't associate it with my phone because you get used to your own ringtone. <laughs> So I'm looking around, horrified, disgusted. Who on earth is that? Disrespectful. There's a lot of murmurings going. And because no one's picking up the phone, the chief of police actually calls a halt to the press conference. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then the the head of press comes up and says, this is really inappropriate. Who's, you know, what's going on? Whose is this? This is someone's idea of a joke. And then I notice people next to me are looking at me. And then the man next to me says... I think it's her. 
oh no, pointing at me. And I went, what? And he went, it's coming from your bag. And I opened my bag and sure enough, it was my phone that was ringing and I got asked to leave and it was humiliating. Oh God. When you walked out, was it all like completely silent? Like, everyone looking at you? Completely silent. And also I was in the middle of the row, so I had to do that. Oh no. Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. Thank you. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, everyone. Excuse me. Sorry. Oh. It was just awkward. It was awful. It was, it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. The following morning... There's more. There's more. The following morning, I wake up to go to work and I think there's something about getting up at that time in the morning that your body just gets used to it. So you don't need an alarm really after a while and you set your alarm as like an emergency, but you're always up on time. Anyway, and I woke up a little bit before my alarm and I thought, well, I have got so much work to do. And also I need to try and get in the boss's good books because the boss was furious and apoplectic with me yesterday. Understandably so. So I was like, right, I'm just going to go into work early. So I start my drive into work and I'd always listen to the news on the way in the news channel because that was my my job. So let's see what's going on and what's happened whilst I've mm-hmm. been asleep. I was listening to the news channel and there were stories on the news channel. Obviously, it was the biggest story of the day, all about dog crime and how this little girl had passed away. And So it was all about that. And suddenly from inside my car, I hear... And I have completely completely forgotten about the fact that my phone makes this noise and instead it is like half five in the morning and I'm completely convinced inside my car there is a dangerous dog and so I find myself screeching up to a halt opening the car door trying to I mean a little Ford KA trying to get out of the car I got my foot caught inside the the seatbelt as I was getting out so as I kind of ran and crashed hurry quick get out of the car managed to fall flat on my face a police car is driving past at this moment pulls over immediately in front of me to find out what on earth is going on and is everything all right and who gets out of that police car but the police chief from the day before no no I'm really sorry Um, my my phone woofed and I thought there was a dangerous <laughs> dog in my car. <laughs> I'm really sorry, my phone worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I got a little bit of a lecture, rightly so, again, on dangerous oh. driving and driving without oh due care and attention. Um, and yeah, he let me off with a caution. All because of that stupid child. All because of that. All because I was trying to do a good thing. At least you didn't Have a crush on Mick Hucknall Carpet burn your lady bits At least you didn't show the coppers your tits It could be worse Thank you so much for making it through episode 21 of the At Least You Didn't podcast sponsored by Lixia Drinks I've been and still am Caroline Verdon I've been Annabelle Buckland and I still am and always will be. (laughs) She's added a bit on the end. Do, as we said, rate and review, only if you've got good things to say, this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That'll be lovely. Thank you very much. Coming up on next week's episode, at least you didn't think you were normal. Act cool in front of a celebrity. Or show a copper your booby dumplings. (laughs) Doodle pip. You can't call them that. You can't call them booby dumplings. (laughs) I can and I did. too much.